Thank you for listening. Uh, great to be here. Great to be with you. And I appreciate you downloading uh, each and every week. And more importantly, I appreciate you telling your friends. I mean, you know, a little Facebook share wouldn't kill you, would it? Tweet now and then. An, uh, an iTunes review. I mean, come on. Here I am slogging it out. No, I'm joking. Um, appreciate your support and I appreciate you telling your friends and family when you do or uh, wherever you do or if you're keeping it a secret. Why? I mean, it's not a secret. Just calm down. It's all good. Um, have there been any recent reviews? Yes, thank you for them. I'm reading them now. Wonderful. Appreciate your support. Um, lots to get through. Uh, lots of calls on, on various random things um, today, which we'll get to uh, shortly. Um, and there's two other two other things that are going to happen on this show. And one of them I preempted on on the Facebook group, um, both in the Man Cave and uh, and at EFTM's Facebook page. So if you want to hit like on Facebook, it'd be appreciated. Um, uh, Facebook.com forward slash EFTM online. Um, we gave away a TV. It, I mean, it, when LG said we've got it, we got a new TV. Do you want to review it? I said yes. They took it back and they said, do you want to give one away? I said, is it the one I just reviewed? Because that's a bit rude. They said, no, no, brand new in a box. $5,399. Uh, we came up with a mechanic. I got a approval, uh, a permit approval um, for the competition and we ran it for a couple of weeks. Uh, thousands of entries, very wonderful, very cool. Um, and I'll tell you more about that shortly. But w- the story of the winner is a good one. So I'll bring you that. Uh, I'll bring you that shortly. Uh, plus, I'm going to talk to uh, Graham Tate, who works at uh, Fire and Rescue New South Wales, um, who's a long-time listener, and emailed me and said, we, sh- we should talk about what we do here. You'd be, you'd be amazed at the tech. So we're going to talk to Graham about what the heck technology is in a fire truck. See? Never thought you'd be hearing those words, did you? What technology is in a fire truck? sound crazy what I'm about to say But Trevor Long's the world's best techie He's the kind of guy we picked on at school And it wasn't fair but he don't care, he's cool today Call him techie Trevor Long's such a Thanks, Benny. Wrote that himself. I uh, appreciate the use of the words nong and um, all those other derogatory terms. I'm fine with that. We're cool. It's all good. <laughs> um, uh, most importantly, the show doesn't work without you. A couple of quick um, administrative notes. Um, all you got to do to be on the show is have a question or want to chat. I don't care. Um, it could be about something you just bought. Um, you just go to the website, eftm.com, and click Ask Trev. Um, most importantly... Um, you, you need to be able to answer your phone. Now, I'm going to say I call from a private number. The reason I call from a private number is because uh, it's not even my number. It's not even my phone. It's a it's a work phone, let's call it. But it's also the phone I use for the Today Show. And I don't know what would happen if someone rang while I was broadcasting using the phone. So I don't want to know. I don't want that to happen. Um, so normally I record on Tuesday morning. If, if you've emailed me 
and you get a call from a private number on a Tuesday morning, answer it. Because I'm sorry, Frank, Tony, Mark, William, Joanna, Nathan, Steve, Sergio, uh, Michael, Scott, Jeff, Greg. Um, I tried to call, uh, <laughs> but he didn't answer. So I have to, at some point I have to go, yep, that's enough. We've got a show. We're moving on. Um, so that is what we have today. So if you do email, be prepared for a, a phone call, probably on a Tuesday morning from a private number. But most importantly, let's get cracking. Thank you for listening. Trevor along with you on the EFTM podcast. Uh, let's go back to calls. G'day, John. G'day, Trevor. How are you, mate? Yeah, real good, buddy. What can I do for you? Mate, I was looking at uh, upgrading Home Network to a mesh system, a, a outgrowing our current system. Right. So, so, yeah. so you, I remember you emailed me after my 6PR segment last week. Um, yes. Sadly, it takes me a week to get around to everything. Um, so <laughs> what, what's, what size family? Like, what are we talking about at home? So family of four, uh, two teenagers. Um, obviously, everyone's got electronic devices and Netflix and everything like that. So... Mm-hmm. Um, and what, just what were you noticing? Up. What, what, like, what was what was the reason that pushed you towards knowing that you needed to just upgrade a bit of hardware as opposed to, I guess, as most people do, whinge and moan about the MBN? Yeah, look, um, basically got a standard modem router from the from the supplier, yep. um, Telstra. Um, listening to your po- listening to your podcast and that on six PR and everything, sort of got the feeling that that was the way to go. I've got a range extender at the moment, and then obviously learning a bit more that they have the signal and mesh is a new way to go these days. Yeah. So, so, so um, where did you go? What, what did you end up doing? What did you, where, how, okay. how much did you shop around most importantly, or did you just kind of go and get where you could simple? I, I obviously, I had a bit of a look on your website. Then I also did some research online amongst all the major retailers. Yep. Um, I was prepared to, on Saturday morning to go and buy a, um, either an Orbi or a Google Nest for about 550 bucks. Yeah. Um, and fortunately, I walked into another retailer. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say. Oh, go um, walked into Officeworks, and they had a um, a D-Link um, mesh system there, which was marked down from 500 or 399 actually to 200 dollars clearance. Yeah, right. Wow. Uh, so I hummed, and, I hummed and hard. I jumped online quickly and checked some reviews and checked the compatibility to the other two. And, yep. Um, I made the decision. I thought, well, I'm going to go with that and give yeah. it a go. How did you find the setup? Um, it was actually very simple. It took me probably 15 minutes to set oh, it up. Yep. So it was uh, surprisingly simple. I'm not very IT savvy, um, <laughs> but yeah, I fumbled my way through it. And yeah, within 15 minutes, it was it was done. It was and, good to go. And do you feel like you got the result you were hoping for? So far, yes. Um, it was only a couple of days ago now. So um, the, my, I haven't got my full family at home at the moment. My son's away, so he's a killer with his gaming. So um, <laughs> that, that'll, that'll be a test when he comes back. But um, um, So I bought a two-unit um, two system, so yeah. which claims to cover up to 500 square metres more yeah. than what I need. Um, so yeah, I can I can always add to that as well. Another yep. another uh, satellite. And, so and just on uh, your son and the gaming, where relative to the modem in the house, where's your son? Like distance wise, oh, like is he a long? He's in a yeah, a room not far away, probably about six to seven meters away. Right, that's um, good. Because I, I was just going to say, look, the 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 only thing I would say about all these different systems, and it is. Frankly, a nightmare out there. It's, it's it's bloody hard to work out what's what. Even Orbi, Orbi have now released a cheaper version. It's like two ninety nine for a two two unit system. Um, 
And what it is is the biggest difference is dual band and tri-band. So your most yes. expensive systems have a third kind of Wi-Fi network that you can't see, and that's how the satellites communicate with each other. Whereas the one that you've got, and many, in fact, the majority of them, are dual band, which means that the traffic that you're, um, the things that you're doing, so the gaming or the streaming, is happening on the same network via which those devices all talk to each other. So you, yes. that's why I'd want your son as close to the original Telstra modem <laughs> as possible. Yep. Well, the um, one I actually got is a tri-band. Oh, it is. Oh, perfect. Yeah, yeah, because that's why I was comparing to the Orbi and the and the um, the Google. So that's why yeah. I jumped on it for that. I thought, well, this is pretty compatible. Mate, is, um, is, it the, is it the big tall one? Um, the covers, uh, little little. Yeah, they're about they're about two hundred mil high. Um, yeah, yeah. So the, yeah, the, the, there's there's two types of cover. The 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 dual band ones are these kind little oh, hockey puck style ones. things, whereas the, yes. the tri-band ones are kind of a little bit more like a little tower. Yeah, like a milk bottle almost type yeah, thing. Yeah, so, yeah. Yep. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so as I say, it was for the value what it was. I yeah. thought, mm, it's, they've mate, got everything. It's a million times better than a range extender, and I don't think you'll regret it. And as you say, you can extend it, and I don't think extending it will be the issue. I, I really, I mean, if it's giving you coverage, and you can check that just with Wi-Fi signal now, so Yeah, Perfect. well, I was getting, at the at the second satellite, I was getting 39 MBS the other night when I tested it, so. And um, what are you paying for at the router? Uh, about that, I think, from oh, memory. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what matters. If you're standing next to the modem and then you stand at the other end of the house, if there's a vast speed difference, then you've got work to do. But if the speed yeah. difference is in, you know, very small percentage terms, it's you're on a winner, mate. Well done. Yeah, and, and I think um, I'm thinking I'm going to be capped at that anyway from the network with the with the way I'm set up with yeah, right. where we are to that's the node and everything. So, yeah, very speed, happy, mate. mate. Good stuff. Well, enjoy the Orbi system. You nailed it. Trevor, thank you so much for getting back to me, mate. I appreciate it. I appreciate everything you talk about on 6PR, and I'll continue listening. Good on you, mate. Thanks for getting in touch. Good on you. Thank you, Trevor. And if you got, if, yeah, cheers, Johnny. If you've got a question uh, like John, uh, or you want to share an experience like John, just go to the website, EFTM.com. EFTM. This is the EFTM Podcast. EFTM Podcast. Travel along with you, and you can get in touch anytime you like. Just go to eftm.com, and uh, I'll get you on the show, as I have Valerie. G'day, Valerie. How you going, Trevor? Yeah, real good. What can I do for you? I'm looking for another TV. At the moment, we've got a little 32-inch. Um, it is a smart TV, but uh, it's not a 4K, and I figure it's time to get a bit of an upgrade. 32 inches, did you say? Yes, yes. We had to get the stick out to measure it, but um, yeah. Wouldn't have been a very 32. long bloody stick. No, no. <laughs> I think the tape measure was four metres long, but yeah, we didn't need to use much what, of it. What sort of space have you got there? How big a TV could you get? Um, the living room is probably uh, at a push four metres by three metres. And is it sitting, so just sitting on an entertainment unit, the TV? Yeah, it's just sitting on a small table in the corner, so we're probably only about mm, two and a half metres from it, maybe. And have you got a budget in mind? Um, yeah, don't really want to spend too much, maybe up to a 1000 $1,000. So my favourite yeah. thing to do, and I'm just doing this richly while we talk, my favourite thing to do is just go to the JB Hi-Fi website. Never have I received money from them. They're not a sponsor. But they've just got a really cool website where you can just go, I want to search by size and by, you know, uh, by price and all these different things. So it makes it easy to kind of narrow down your search. So what I the thing I'm doing is I'm going radio. So if we went any TV, no, I've given it no guide, no specification whatsoever, and just show me 
the highest from from a thousand dollars down, what could I get? So the most yeah. expensive in your price range is a Samsung uh, nine hundred ninety five dollars. It's a fifty inch four K TV, twenty twenty yep. model. So that's this year's model of TV. That would be a, a beautiful television. It would do everything you want it to do, plus more that you've never even seen. Netflix, Stan, Disney Plus, all these things are going to be on there if you want them. Yep. Um, so, and I think that's a really good benchmark, actually, Valerie, because at a, at nine ninety five, it's a brand new TV because it actually they actually write twenty twenty in the in the kind of product name because they want you to know that it's this year's TV, right? Um, and and it means that you know what your benchmark is. So, if anything you can get that that kind of matches to that is is your point of saying, well, that's you know that's my benchmark. So, I think fifty inches is a great size for for what you've described as your lounge room. Obviously, yep. you could probably go bigger. Um, there are there will be bigger ones below a thousand dollars, but here's here's the compromise: a sixty-five inch four K Ultra HD TV for eight hundred dollars from a brand called F Falcon. Now I've not used them, but I can tell you they're going to be as good as the Aldi TV, the Kogan TV, and all those kind of second tier TV brands. It'll be a good right. pic- it'll be a good picture. It, it'll it'll work well, but it won't have. Netflix and Stan and all those things built in. Um, sure, you could get a little set-top box from Telstra or Fetch or wherever and put it on and get all those things. But I do love the idea of you just getting one TV, one remote, and having everything you need. So it, it's yeah. kind of funny. Like an LG this year's model 2020 TV at 43 inches is eight ninety-five. dollars um, uh, Yeah, I mean, it's funny looking at this thing. I would, I, I just don't know how I could not recommend that you get that $995 TV from Samsung. It's going to be beautiful. I think you'll probably ring me and say that's outrageously good once you get it set up. <laughs> well, I, I've got a low benchmark. Well, but that's my point, right? Like, but, but critically, this is going to be your new benchmark. So we want yep. this TV to last you five to seven years. That's my number is what I say. Five to seven years a TV should last. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, at that point, you're like, well, we want bigger um, even still because in five to seven years, we're going to be talking about 100-inch TVs. Crazy, right? Yeah. There's absolutely no doubt I could find you a bigger TV, um, you know, at pretty good prices. But given that that's what's in your head in terms of price and you've currently got a 30-something-inch TV, I yeah. really think that 50 inches is a great size. Um, it's going to blow your mind in terms of what it looks like. And have you have you done Netflix and Stan or any of those things yet? What sort of things are you watching? Uh, yeah, we can watch uh, Netflix and Stan. We've got a Telstra TV plug-in. Oh, to so the, you've got the Telstra the TV telly. box. Hang on. So yeah. let's just stop there for a second. You've got a Telstra TV box already. You're using that yeah. to watch Netflix and Stan. Your current TV is really just acting as a screen. Oh, yeah, that's right. I think what you should do is, in a head to the big smoke, go to a JB Hi-Fi or a Harvey Norman and just stand in front of a 65-inch TV for me, okay? Yeah. It's it's going to look enormous to you because your current TV is just tiny. Yeah. That, that F Falcon from um, JB Hi-Fi, the no-name brand if you like, at 800 bucks, you could get a 65-inch 4K TV. That, okay. The only reason not to get that is because I like the idea that you're, you're getting Stan and Netflix and Disney and all those things built into your, your TV from the get-go. But you've got a Telstra TV box. You're not going to get rid of that. Why would you? It works. You've mm. already been using it. So, uh, 
you know what? If I'm going with you, I'm 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 buying the sixty-five inch at, at eight hundred bucks. Okay. Because the difference between a sixty-five and a fifty is enormous. Standing in front of it, and, yeah. and you'll literally see it. Remember, you, it's going to look ridiculous to you. But before you go there, take that tape measure, measure the entertainment unit, measure yep. the space around it, because you don't want to get home and have a TV that's too big. You actually need to find out what is the physical limitations on your TV space. So, for example, with the with the the entertainment unit, how far are part of the legs on this TV? Will they hang off the edge or will they sit perfectly on it? Little things right. like that. So just take, yep. a, take a tape measure um, uh, around the lounge room and make sure you've got the measurements of everything you need. And then, um, yeah, uh, don't spend more than 1000 Your first choice is a 65-inch F-Falcon. And yep. second choice, brand-new 50-inch Samsung. Sounds good to me. Already right. got a Samsung, good quality. And you know what? That, I mean, again... There's a definite difference in quality between those two TVs, okay? Yeah. Definite difference in quality. But um, given what you're watching and how you're watching it, not not a bad thing to get a bigger TV. But right. a nice compromise, a nice compromise. I'm not helping, am I? Because I'm just coming back at the same time. <laughs> a nice compromise to get a 50-inch, which is you know nearly double what you got now, beautiful quality, 2020 model, Samsung, warranty, da-da-da-da-da. A lot of benefits there. I think, yeah. I think we go on the Samsung. I've changed my mind. We go in the Samsung. <laughs> it does sound good. All right. Go and have, John, check it out. I think you'll like it. Great. Good on Thanks you. Thanks very much for your help. Thanks for getting in touch. Okay. Bye-bye. If you want my, well, help or otherwise, I really, that's how I shop. I change my mind. But I think you'll agree the Samsung was the right move. <laughs> EFTM.com. This is the Thank you for listening. Uh, Trevor along with you. Now, a couple of weeks ago on the Facebook page, EFTM.com forward slash, no, Facebook.com forward slash EFTM online, um, we started a competition. It was an LG CX model OLED TV, 53.99 RRP. You'll find one for around four and a half, five at the big stores. Um, you know, just a great fun competition. Not challenging. Hit like, hit share, hit comment. Each one is an entry. Very exciting. Good fun. Uh, I'm actually recording this on uh, Friday. It is 40 minutes past 1 p.m. Uh, the competition closed at midday, uh, and I ran a competitive draw at 1 p.m. Uh, software that analyzes every single the, the Facebook post, pulls in all the likes, the shares, the comments, and whatnot, and then you press a button, pick a winner, and of all the Comments, shares, and, and likes, and whatnot. Um, it picks one winner, and the winner uh, it was someone who liked. But I've I've, I've checked. They also commented, um, and I thought <laughs> we should call them. The problem with running a competition on Facebook is you don't get any entry mechanisms. So I don't get email addresses or uh, phone numbers or anything. So I had to do some stalking. Now I'll tell you why I did that stalking. I'm going to, and, and let me be very clear, this is a game of chance. I pressed a button, someone won. Could have been anyone. There's a couple of thousand entries overall. Um, but by chance, the only thing I needed to do was check that they were Australian. So I clicked on the person's profile very clearly from Newcastle, unless it was a very good fake account. Also someone that's entered a hell of a lot of competitions. Now, I don't mind that. Competitions are free to enter. Good luck. But it was their entry that made me think I'm going to do more than just post their name on the page. 
Nicole Williams is the is the winner's name. And this is the comment Nicole put on the Facebook post, as well as liking and sharing and all that. She said, I'd be looking for the best TV and movie experience. Because we asked, you know, what would you what would you be keen to get out of the TV? What sort of things would you want? I'd be looking for the best TV and movie experience as I've been through two breast cancer surgeries in the last six weeks and now about to start a four month of chemo and then daily radiation for five weeks. I'll be stuck in bed some of the time and love to catch up on what's on TV and rewatch old movies. Well, bloody hell, Nicole. If it was a judged competition, this is, a, this is the hard thing about competitions, especially when the judge, you see some really fun entries, uh, witty entries, and then heartstring entries like that one. Fortunately, I didn't need to read them all because that was not the entry mechanism. Um, but, gee whiz, a deserving winner. But here's the problem, no phone number. Because because it was on Facebook, right? And here's what I did. I did some stalking. And I messaged a few people. I messaged a few of Nicole's friends. Now, what I did was, Nicole, and this is why this might not work perfectly, Nicole posted earlier today that um, she'd either finished or just started. I don't know, it just said ding, ding, round one. And I'm assuming she's referring to that chemo of which she mentioned in that entry. So I looked at who'd liked and commented on that post, and I started messaging them all. Uh, and of course they all thought I was a scammer at first, but I tried my best to charm and, and let them know it was real, and one of her friends has given me her number. So I wanted to see whether or not I could call her. So let's just type in the numbers. Uh, it's very hard to talk and type numbers at the same time, I won't lie. Um, and we don't know, she might not answer because she, I mean, she could literally be uh, in treatment right now, but bloody hell. She's just won a $5,000 TV, so at the very least, I want to try and brighten her day. Let's try. Hello? Hi, is that Nicole? Yes. Nicole, my name's Trevor Long. Yes. Listen, um... I don't know where you are right now, and I'm worried that you're currently um, in treatment. But I, I had some good news I wanted to share with you, if you don't mind. Yeah. Uh, I'm recording this conversation because I host a podcast called EFTM. You entered a competition on my Facebook page. Right. It was for it was for an LG OLED TV. Yes. You won. No, I didn't. Yeah, you did. And uh, thanks to your wonderful friends, Roma and Lisa, I have tracked you down on the phone. And uh, you... Yeah, I'm just sitting here waiting to actually start my first chemo treatment. I'm just waiting to be all hooked up now. And Nicole, as, as much as that's hard for, for anyone to go through, I, I, that's one of the reasons I wanted to call you. I wanted to give you something good. I wanted to talk to you about something great because you're about to go through a massive battle. You've got beautiful young kids. Um, and you've won a $5,000 LG TV. Oh, my God. That is absolutely amazing. Holy dooly. All right. So, look, congratulations on that. Um, Thank you, darling. Good luck with your battle. Uh, you know what else, yep. you know what else yeah, I'm going to do, Nicole, because I've been Facebook stalking you for the last half an hour <laughs> trying to track you down. Uh, I'm also going to donate a couple hundred dollars to your uh, National Breast Cancer Foundation charity to make you get over that $1,500 goal 
that is on. Thank you so much. That's amazing news. Absolutely amazing. Good luck. Congratulations. And and check your Facebook messages in the spam folder and the other folder and all those things once you uh, once you settle down tonight and uh, and I'll get in touch with all the details. Okay. All right, good help. We'll be again soon. Thank you so much. You you are amazing. Have a good afternoon. Good on you. Uh, there she is, Nicole. She's won the LGTV. She's thinking, what the hell is this idiot calling me for? But uh, I'll get in touch with her later and uh, give her all the details. Um, it's just nice to do nice things. And, yeah, she's got a fundraiser set up for Breast Cancer Foundation. And I thought, well, here, we'll donate to that as well. So let's whack $250 on there so that she's got the full $1,500 that was her target. And we'll get LG to get in touch with Nicole once I get all her details. And she's got a great big TV coming her way. EFTM. This is the EFTM Podcast. EFTM Podcast. Thank you for downloading. Good to talk to you and uh, great to have your company. If you've got a question about technology or anything else, just jump on the website, eftm.com, which Sam did. G'day, Sam. G'day, Trevor. Mate, what can I do for you? Um, Trevor, I've got um, a bit of an issue with a phone type. So right. at the moment, I've got a um, personal phone, an iPhone 8, which I'm running on the Vodafone network. Yep. Um, and I've recently been given a work phone, which is a Samsung A50, and that's a... Uh, running on the Telstra network. So um, getting a little bit sick of carrying around two phones, to be honest. <laughs> and, so, um, um, and you obviously, you know, you, you need your, your your iPhone is your personal number, I guess, your personal phone number, and the Telstra one is your work one, which you don't want to live and die by. So you want to keep your old number is essentially what you're saying. Yeah, correct. Yeah, I need to use my personal phone um, and my personal number and keep it a little bit separate from the work. So on the weekends I can... Switch it off and get away from it, I guess. And uh, you, are you more an iPhone or an Android guy? Absolutely, a um, iPhone guy. Um, a little struggling a little bit to get used to the Android network um, or system. Yeah. Um, so I'd like to stay on a um, on an iPhone. Yes. Yeah. Right. Okay. So look, obviously, more recent iPhones, iPhone uh, 11, um, SE, 11 Pro, all those ones have dual SIM capability. Um, do you who? owns and operates that SIM card, though, in the second phone? Because I think the biggest challenge here is not going to be, is this possible? Yes, it's possible. Yeah, so you can have an iPhone, you can have Vodafone and Telstra running in that same phone. The, the whole point of dual SIM is, uh, mainly in, in, in other countries, it doesn't really happen here as much, but you've got this situation where there's these call-based tariffs. So they you have one SIM card that gives you lots of calls and you have another SIM card that gives you lots of data. Well, we've probably pretty much got all that. So dual SIMs in Australia are more for people like you who are burdened with two phones or people who travel a lot and want to get that local SIM elsewhere. The, the challenge is converting a SIM to eSIM. Now, it shouldn't, be, it shouldn't be difficult, but I'm just literally off the top of my head worried that you go to a Telstra store and they say, but are you the account holder? Or like, you, you know, do you authorise to do this or something? So... That's all I need you to do is really just have a conversation with Telstra. Just, mate, in a lunch break or whatever, go, go to a Telstra store and say, listen, I've got this phone, this SIM, and I want this number converted to an eSIM. Can I do that? Full stop, can no. I do that? And if they say yes, then just obviously what are the logistics, how does it work, and then, mate, get any of the latest iPhones and you whack your Vodafone SIM in there and off you go. You're done like a dog's dinner. Excellent. That sounds great. Obviously, you know, if Telstra give you grief, then do the opposite. Go to Vodafone and see whether they can do the eSIM. 
Um, yeah, that might be the easier way. They, they both definitely do eSIMs. Um, it's just a matter of what is the conversion process. They, they, they originally started out being a very new, for new customers kind of thing or new accounts, new prepaid and stuff. Whereas, like I still haven't converted mine to an eSIM because no, I change phones too often. It'd be a nightmare. But it's perfect for what you want, mate. Absolutely perfect. Excellent. No, that sounds like a great idea because, yeah, then I can get rid of the Samsung phone and uh, make her life a lot easier. All right, mate. Well, that's a good plan. All right, good luck. Let me know how you go, buddy. Excellent. Thanks for the help, Trevor. Good man. And if you've got a question like Sam, just uh, jump on the website, EFTM.com. This is the EFTM podcast. If you've got a question about technology or anything else, just jump on the website, EFTM.com, and I will get you on the show. G'day, Amanda. Hey, Trevor. It's always nervous having Amanda on because it's my wife's name. And like I know it's not her, but no, still, not, I don't not know. Her. Feel like you might be a club. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe what, we are. What tell, can I do? tell your Amanda I said hello. <laughs> what can I do for you? So I have a question about um, getting an external monitor and yep. getting a little bit confused with all of the different acronyms that are out there. Yes. So I need one or want one to be able to work with um, a MacBook that I have personally, and yep. also in this work from home environment with a sort of Lenovo ThinkPad that I have for work. And, you know, people are telling me to go QHD or to not do this or that, and I just get confused. So I need to unpack a little bit about yep. what that is and what's best. And, and let's firstly understand, so you've got two devices. Uh, do you know about the outputs on those devices? Um, does the Lenovo have a HDMI output, for example, or does it just have like USB-C? Do you know what it has? Yes. So it has a H. Uh, HDMI, okay. um, and obviously the MacBook just has the USB-C. Right. Um, Have you got a dongle for the MacBook? I do. Okay, so you're good with H. You can get HDMI out of both of them. That's the main. Yes, that's correct. That's the main thing going on. Okay, so we want a, a basic model here. We don't need gaming. So anything that has the word gaming in it, don't stress about because the the high specs are there and they're epic. They're really good monitors, but they're not what you need. And I'm, I'm assuming you don't want to overspend here, right? No, definitely don't want to overspend. I mean, I do use my MacBook to do some graphics and stuff like that. Yep. Nothing high-end or, or too major, um, but obviously just wanting to get the best um, best value for money. Do you have a budget in buying a monitor. Do you have a budget No, not at all. have no idea. It's been a long time since I've needed to buy an external monitor or not yeah. had one provided. And so. then what about size? Do you, have you thought about the workspace and how much you can fit in? Yes. So I'm not looking for anything more than about the 27 inch or something. I do have a monitor arm that it can sit on. So there's a bit of a bit of saving on real estate there with okay. that. That's but I'm nice. um, just yep. trying to 27 is a good out. number. 27 is a great number. Like to be honest, it you know, I've got this crazy 43 widescreen curve. It's brilliant. And and if you're one of those people that loves having multiple monitors, then I would prefer you bought a big wide screen 43 49 inch but that's a whole other debate um for a single monitor 27 inches is big for a start so that's a great workspace qhd is a higher resolution than full hd that 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 matters when you think about what you're going to have on the screen so i, I plugged uh, my mac this morning for a today show segment actually into a full hd monitor and i felt like everything was too big I felt the, the text was too big. I felt I normally you know, have my windows kind of a bit smaller on the screen. And there are adjustments you can make on the device, but 
I think in this day and age, full HD is is great, but I would I would want to try and go one up on that. Is basically yeah. what I'm saying. If especially if you're prepared to invest a little in it, then you're going to get the benefits. Especially if you do graphics as well, because you know you, you can work in resolutions higher than 1080. Um, so that's why I would err towards something slightly better than um, than full HD. That said, I mean at JB Hi-Fi you can get a full HD 27 inch curved Samsung monitor for 200 bucks. I mean that's Brilliant. That That's is a, pretty good. That is a brilliant price. Um, the only compromise there is that it's full HD. Yeah. Um, and that's not actually a massive compromise because most of the monitors, in fact, if I'm just scrolling myself on the JB website, 95% of them are full HD. It's actually a lot of money you've got to spend extra to get that, that QHD. Uh, you're talking five dollars $600 to get, right. to get QHD. And is it, is it worth it? It's a resolution thing. Um, you know, it's about, you know, I mean, it's, on the Mac, I think you'd be better than on the PC yeah. because a Mac, weirdly, don't actually offer you resolutions, you know, 250,000 pixels by this many pixels. Mac just have this thing, how big do you want the text? And, and I like that because it's like, I want it smaller, thank you. I want yeah. all the text small. I want everything to, to be smaller so I look like I'm getting more. That's what, so on the Mac, I think it would be great. But on a, on a standard PC, again, you've got to play around with the resolution to make sure that you're getting, yeah. um, getting the output. But if you also consider that you can still use your your existing laptop as the second screen, you know, you can... Yes, which I would. That right. would be my... So you can have your, um, your, emails, your emails down on your laptop and then your, your main screen is the, is the monitor, which can be full HD. So the brand, I think it might be the brand new one, is $400 from Samsung. So as a benchmark for you, a brand new, and I'm, I mean literally just announced, Samsung 27-inch curved full HD monitor, $400. That's, yep. that's your mid-range, I would say. Above that, you're starting to talk gaming and refresh rates and really interesting things, but, you know, not really highly relevant. I, I'm starting to think that given what you're doing and the devices you're using – you could probably benefit from a good shop around at Harvey's and JB's and just drive a hard bargain on a full HD 27-incher and mm-hmm. you're not going to need to pay more than $350. No okay. way. But if you're willing to spend more, then of yep. course there are benefits in getting that extra resolution. You're not going to get a, a, a 4K monitor at these prices, but you will get a QHD and again, as I say, you'll be starting to talk around 699 Six nine nine, and are there any brands to look out for that are that are better than others in in monitors? You know what? I, I mean, I, I honestly don't think so. I think like unlike TVs, where I could say that yes, uh, you know, a Kogan is not going to have the same um, display uh, contrast and brightness as a Samsung. Um, I, I don't think you'd notice. I, I think the average Joe using a BenQ versus a Dell versus a Lenovo. I don't, I don't think you're going to notice, honestly, Amanda. I think at this point you – it's it, in computing, it's more about how you use the device, the operating system, the hardware than, than what you're seeing on the screen unless you are working in, you know, gaming. That's when you start to notice differences. So there are companies that do amazing things in gaming like LG and BenQ that have one millisecond response races and all this kind of stuff. That doesn't matter when you're just using no. Windows and Mac. Yeah, definitely not. Definitely not. Thanks very much for that. I'm also intrigued by what you said about your really big screen um, in terms of multiple monitors. Does that yeah. mean you don't use your laptop 
um, as a monitor. No, and you. No, I don't use it. It's just. It, it's just plugged into the thing, and the output is is the is the main screen. It's, it's and and that nice. main screen you then divide into multiple yeah, or so have multiple I, things open. I, you know, on a Mac, mm. you don't you rarely use everything. You, your windows rarely take up the whole screen. It's a weird thing about Mac; they kind of float around. I've ended up doing that on a PC as well. Like I just have my, I've got an Excel spreadsheet just floating on the on the right, left of the screen. I've got my web page on the on the right. Um, everything else just kind of floats around. Yeah, you can. I mean, you can go mm. full screen, but you don't need to. Yeah, no, definitely. Go in, go okay. into. I wonder who has them. Probably Harvey Norman. Probably have them. Go yep. in and stand in front of a forty-three-inch <laughs> curved monitor. All right. Curved monitor. Okay. It will make you probably second-guess everything we've 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 said currently. It possibly will do, but in terms of sticking to maybe a, a budget and getting something for now, it certainly Well, you originally helped. didn't say you had a budget, so, you know. No, well, the, I, the I exa- don't. The example I, is I, a 34-inch curved monitor from Samsung is eleven ninety nine. Yeah. A 48-inch, and I'm talking you put your arms out wide now. It's yeah. Like the monitor I'm sitting in front of, I've got my arms out. It goes probably from wrist to elbow on the other side. Oh wow! Okay. Oh, it yeah. looks good. It's big, but that's a that's a fourteen hundred dollar monitor. Yeah. No. And look, I think I'm I'm trying to be to be reasonable. I don't have a budget, but certainly not n- not trying not to, to overspend. But you know, I, I think that's given me some food for thought. Good some, stuff. Some solid stuff. Thank Happy you. Happy shopping. Make sure you do, drive a hard bargain. You're the customer. Shop from from uh, from retailer to retailer, and then go in the store. Drive them hard on a brand. Thanks so much, Trev. Good one. Thanks for getting in touch. Bye. And if you've got a question like Amanda, anytime, just go to the website, EFTM.com. EFTM. This is the EFTM Podcast. EFTM Podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Great to have your company on the EFTM Podcast. Trevor, along with you. And uh, if you've got a question about anything going on in the world of tech or otherwise, uh, just go to the website, EFTM.com. Click Ask Trev and uh, your email will come to me. Next time I'm sitting here, I will give you a buzz and we'll have a chat. Now, one of the things that I don't reckon a lot of us put much thought into is the technology that our emergency services have at their disposal, let alone being used in their everyday work and uh, in the research that they're doing around the place. My brother's an Ambo. Um, I remember once being with him and and he's got two devices and one of them, he can't use his personal device because it's got special links into the network and he can see all the jobs going on because he's kind of a regional, not a commander, but, you know, he's, he's across what's going on in the region. And I was fascinated by it. And it got me thinking about that. And uh, a long-time time listener to the show, Graham, um, got in touch with me and said, mate, like, I, I look after all the communications at Fire in New South Wales, Fire and Rescue New South Wales. We should talk. And I said, bloody oath, we should, Graham. G'day, mate. G'day, Trevor. Mate, it is fascinating, isn't it? I think you probably live day-to-day through this stuff, but we mere mortals wouldn't realise half the stuff that you, uh, you're you doing and have access to. No, I think the average person probably just expects that uh, all the emergency services have all of those, uh, those things at their disposal, but um, often they don't put much thought into uh, what sort of tech it takes to, uh, to keep people safe out in the community. Let's talk GPS tracking, for example. Uh, I mean, it, it's logical to think that, you know, 
someone knows where every piece of fire equipment is at every time in terms of where well, you call them apparatus. I don't know what you call them. You know, the fire trucks, the, the, the every different piece of equipment available to the fire and rescue service. Um, someone needs to know where they all are and, and help. That helps make decisions about where they're going next and, and all those kind of things. Absolutely, it does. Uh, yeah, we do have uh, AVL tracking in every one of our, uh, our vehicles. Um, it helps us decide who the closest fire truck is to the fire. So when you're in triple zero, our dispatch system can see the location. It knows what the road network is and then uh, where your call's coming from and it then calculates who's the fastest response. So uh, that's, uh, that's pretty important to our uh, day-to-day operations. And how much has the, the, the station itself changed over the years? I mean, um, one of my best mates uh, in high school, her dad was a fiery in Beecroft, and I still drive past the Beecroft Fire Station regularly, and I remember going in there once, and, and it seemed, well, not archaic, but it was just, you know, a garage for the truck and, and all the gear, and then rooms upstairs for them to, to relax in and, and, and rest in between jobs. I'm assuming there's a lot of technology that's linking the fire stations, linking the, the crews, because it's all about keeping everyone connected together these days. Absolutely. I used to be at Beecroft myself. Um, so not a lot's changed in the fire station itself, but what has changed is we moved a lot of the technology actually into the vehicle because uh, obviously when the crews are out and about, is, uh, which is most of the time, we really need to be able to make sure they've got their hands on all the data and all the information they need. So uh, whilst every fire station does have uh, connectivity, including satellite connectivity, so if any of the, uh, the telcos go down, we can still contact oh, the stations no matter what. Yep. Um, but we put a, a massive amount of equipment into the uh, into the trucks themselves. So they've got mobile data terminals, which are a little Windows-based uh, ruggedized uh, tablet PC, which connects them back to our dispatch centre so they can always uh, see where the incidents are and they can do their, their turn-by-turn navigation. Uh, there's a smartphone in every fire truck. Um, we're just in the process of installing a mobile router in every truck, which will have dual uh, dual carrier connectivity with two carriers plus satellites. So no matter where they are, they're always going to be able to be connected. So uh, yeah, most of our focus has gone into that mobile technology space these days. So you're saying that in in the vehicle there'll be essentially a mini Wi-Fi network that those all those devices you've talked about will be able to connect through, and it'll be multiple layers of redundancy through multiple mobile networks and satellite as, as, a, as a backup so that there is always connectivity no matter which street, suburb or town they're in. That's right. Uh, we found during the bushfires in particular that uh, with power outages and, and damage to infrastructure, a lot of the carrier yeah. infrastructure went down. So we, uh, we struggled through some of that. So we're uh, introducing this technology to give us some redundancy uh, with multiple carriers. And then if it all goes pear-shaped, um, they can go across the satellite. So uh, at the end of this uh, next coming financial year, every fire truck in New South Wales uh, will have that. And uh, that means that uh, no matter where they are and what circumstances, we should never be able to lose contact with them. You mentioned turn-by-turn navigation. It seems kind of logical and, and also partly silly to think about a um, you know a fire truck being you know navigated by by a tablet. But you know, I'm assuming it also brings in real-time information that that we love and use. You know, like traffic information, because there's no point sending a fire truck down a street where there's other issues or blockages on the way to a, an important emergency. 
Well, you might think that, but uh, we actually don't use the traffic information. Um, we obviously have looked at uh, pulling that feed in. Right. But one of the difficulties we have is that because uh, we can actually uh, – uh, we don't have to obey the road rules, uh, we can often go on the wrong side of the road or those sort of things. And often the things we're attending cause the traffic disruption. So um, <laughs> it's a good we, point. We have there's, no point using, using... there's no point using Waze. Waze is going to send me around the accident. Yes. That's right. That's we uh, we have actually uh, provided a new app for our, all our officers, which actually does allow them to use Waze or Google Maps to navigate. And we have found that uh, at times it is trying to navigate them away from the incident they're trying to attend. So uh, it's it's a good application, but it's not always uh, aware of emergency services needs. What about drones? I mean, uh, you mentioned the bushfires. Um, it wouldn't just be bushfires. There'd be uh, standard fire emergencies where actually having an aerial uh, view of things could change your approach to fighting the fire. Absolutely, we've uh, we've been using drones now for about five years. We started out with the the uh, the old DJI Inspire ones with some thermal imaging cameras on them, which. Uh, brought our commanders an absolutely brand new view of what they couldn't yeah. see before. Being able to see through the smoke with thermal imagery has really changed the, the game. Uh, we've now got around about 20 different uh, drones, all DJI incidentally, um, everything from the uh, the little uh, Mavic right up to uh, the uh, uh, Matrice 600, which is a, a massive big machine which allows us to deploy rescue ropes across flooded rivers and all sorts of things. So um, thermal imagery, LIDAR, uh, all that tech now, uh, and we can stream that live back to our command point. So it's really been a game changer as far as situational awareness and things are concerned. Is that, let's talk about the Matrice 600, for example, that is a ridiculous bit of kit and, you know, it, it itself, you know, has redundancies built in so that it's it's reliable too. But how is That's that right. deployed? Is that deployed in the same way? And again, excuse my complete ignorance, right? But I think of uh, my local, I think Hornsby got a new ladder truck, right? Um, and they yep. were all very excited about this ladder truck because we're getting apartments and things. Now, I'm assuming the ladder truck is is uh, dispatched at times when the ladder truck's required. Is it the same with the, the Matrice, for example? Is there a crew that's, you know, dispatched at the right time and the right moment for that circumstance? There is. We've got um, some specialist uh, people which are sort of linked up with our bushfire team prim primarily, uh, but they uh, look after all of the day-to-day um, the -day operations for our drones. So any of those specialist uh, uses, for, particularly for that particular device, uh, they're specially trained and they uh, get called in whenever we need it. But we've also got quite a lot of fireys uh, who are trained in uh, in using the drones, uh, particularly in regional areas. So they'll be uh, out fighting fires one day, and then uh, if there's a need to uh, deploy a drone, then they'll uh, pull it out of the back of the truck and they'll put it up. So, um, but yeah, for the for the specialist units such as the Matrice, uh, yeah, there's a few few of us who are trained uh, and get called on when uh, that sort of equipment's needed. It's fascinating to me that. Um you know, obviously, it's that, it's that journey between the station and the incident, whether it's a, a fire or a vehicle emergency, whatever it might be, is, is an, an interesting point of time because I guess no, you don't sit around and go, well, we've got a thing. Let's talk about it before we go. The, a fiery's response is get in and go. So that period in the vehicle, that's why that communication, that's why you're focusing on the con connectivity there, I'm guessing, because... You essentially learn everything about what, you, what you're about to do and see on your way there. Correct. So our mobile data terminals that they have in every truck, um, they have pre-incident plans loaded on them or they can access our database of pre-incident plans. That means that if they've gone out and done an inspection on a particular building prior, they know where the hazards are, they know where the uh, exits are, they know how many people are there, so they, they're looking at that sort of information. 
We're also continually getting additional calls, so more people might be ringing triple zero and reporting the incident, giving us more pieces of information, and we can feed that live through to the mobile data terminal so the officer in charge can see these updates coming in um, in, uh, in live form, yep. and then they can uh, help them make their decisions whilst they're uh, on route to the uh, uh, station. They can also see... Um, on their mobile data terminal, how far away the other trucks that are coming to back them up are. So it looks at their GPS location, does a calculation, says, okay, um, the fire's in Hornsby, we've got Beecroft coming up the road, they're five minutes away. So that lets them make a decision about what they're going to do when they get there. What is being done to help you avoid the non-required call-outs? I mean, it used to be that building alarms would go off in the city and you know, trucks would would turn up. Then I think fines started being issued to buildings for you know stupid bloody toaster alarms and stuff like that. How how much is that evolving? Because it obviously is a real problem for for fire and rescue to be out and about going to things that aren't things, which might take them away from or extend their response time to the more important issues. Yeah, absolutely. We um, we still get about a third of our calls are automatic fire alarms, of which uh, probably 90, 95% of those turn out not to be fires. We obviously have to treat everyone as though it is a fire, so it's uh, pretty important to try and reduce that uh, false alarm rate. Uh, we do a lot of work with building owners around um, maintenance of their fire alarm systems, making sure the smoke alarms and things are put in the correct locations, not in the kitchens and places where they're going to get false alarms. Right. And we and we still do have that, uh, that fine system that um, if they don't uh, if they get multiple false alarms within a month they'll get a fine now it's not really designed just for us to collect revenue it's designed for them to take action and, and rectify the faults and and hence reduce the amount of false alarms that we get so but, but we still we monitor over 14,000 fire alarms in New South Wales so uh, uh, we still get quite a few false alarms as part of that it's a fascinating um, job that you have it's uh, a credit to everyone in in the in the game that uh, you're able to just turn up every day and do the things that us mere mortals would never ever even think of doing and um, I have great respect for you and, and all your colleagues Graham it's um it's wonderful to know that you're there that's what matters really to the general public isn't it just to know that you're there yeah we uh, will take great uh, great pride in what we do and it's uh, it's really great to be able to help out and uh, I think it's really good that people understand uh, what what sort of goes on behind the scenes sometimes, and that gives them a little bit of comfort that uh, we're uh, we're ahead of the ahead of the curve. Well, for those uh, parents out there, it is still one of my favourite things to do with the kids is just go to an open day. Um, they happen now and then. Obviously, it's not happening at the moment with you know COVID and stuff, but that'll that'll all come back. And it's just wonderful to see. And again, it was Hornsby, I'm pretty sure, but. Um, you know, it's great interaction that the, the the team there have, you know, putting on a sausage sizzle and talking to kids and just kind of that familiarity that, that people can have with the people that are out there uh, ready to ready to go when we need them most. So um, I highly recommend people do that. And, Graham, it's been wonderful talking to you and, and getting a bit of an insight into what's inside those uh, big red rigs as they fly past us uh, taking on an emergency. Been an absolute pleasure. G'day, Kevin. G'day, how are you? Yeah, good, mate. What can I do for you? Yeah, just wondering, um, just about the Alcatel 3L, just wondering uh, where we can actually get it because up on the Gold Coast, there's um, a lot of places where you, can, you can't actually find the, the phone, uh, especially on one that you can uh, use for another another carrier. Oh, okay. You want it unlocked from Vodafone? Yeah. Um, that's a tough question because they, they have really pushed that phone into directly into Vodafone. But what I would say to you is Alcatel, for example, uh, have multiple models in that price point. Um, well, what, are you, what are you prepared to spend, 299 
199? Yeah, something around about that too. And as I say, I've got an old iPhone 4S or something. Mate, go to JB and, um, Hi-Fi. Go to JB Hi-Fi. Get the Alcatel yep. 3X. So 3X. It's same size. It's got the same camera. Uh, it's just got an X instead of an L. Um, right, yeah. <laughs> it's a very similar yep. phone. Uh, and it's yep. unlocked. Right, yeah, I think I saw that was better, better yeah. under 99 as well. So, yeah, because yeah, I just want something that'll take a few half decent photos and not transform Look, apart. So. Don't spend less than 299 um, because I think you'll, you'll regret the photos. But um, yep. if you go to JB's, they've got the Alcatel 3X, 64 gig, triple cameras, 299. Yep, no problem. All right, Sounds buddy. Good. good on you, mate. And, right, thanks uh, a lot, Trevor. Happy shopping. Uh, always fun buying for people. I get to, you know, people want me to buy stuff for them, except I don't have to pay. They pay. Oh, all good fun. If you've got a question like uh, Kev, jump on the website, EFTM.com. Great to have your company. Trevor along with you on the EFTM podcast. Uh, if you've got a question, get in touch. Go to the website, EFTM.com. G'day, Matt. G'day, mate. How are you going? Good, buddy. How are you? Yeah, living the dream. <laughs> That's the way. What can I do for you, mate? <laughs> Look, I've always been a, a Telstra fan, uh, personally. Telstra no, fan? Yeah, see, I'm one of the, the fair few. I, I've never had an issue. Always yep. got the support I needed. Perfect. But there's always that little voice in my head, which is probably from you saying, why stay <laughs> just because? Yeah. Hunt around and find better deals. And I know there's better deals out there, but since I've got- Is it worth the <laughs> risk? Correct. There's got to be a lot of legwork involved in moving things over, and particularly me, where I'm, I'm more cloud-based with Telstra slash Big Pond, right. having webmail uh, and 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 all the files and 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 things associated to the the, the folder outlook for uh, Big Pond Mail. Yeah. Um, you know. So there's something you- there's something nagging at you, i.e. me, um, <laughs> but. And so, so it's, it's kind of obviously got a bit of traction with you. You're thinking about it, right? So, absolutely. The, the, there's there's two things I'd say. There's no reason to leave Telstra, okay, uh, unless you know you're not getting a good deal. Now, you're getting great service. You're getting what you need. There's no absolute um, imperative to get away. But I do think it's one of those moments where you go, especially well, we've probably missed a bit of the opportunity now with COVID. But sit back and go, right? What am I spending every month on phone, internet, mm. da, da 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 da? And you know, could that $150 saving, $300 saving a year, go towards something, right? So there's that question, and that's yep. one only you can answer. Because I'm, mate, don't get me wrong, I don't save money on a lot of things. I'm, I, I don't shop around on a lot of things because I'm like you. I go for, for what I know in many cases. But there is the my my bigger concern is just actually being tied. So yes. you're talking about your big pond email address, your 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 cloud based services, all these things. You're very tied now. It's almost uh, ridiculous for me to say I'd prefer you were tied to someone else, as in Google or yeah, Dropbox, yeah. but being tied to Google gives you flexibility across devices, across internet providers, across a whole range of things. So mm. actually what I think you should do is is not rush away from Telstra at all. I think you should just simply do a bit of a digital clean. And I'm talking over five, six months. It doesn't have to be today where you simply start to migrate yourself to an open ecosystem. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> because then when that deal comes up or when that thing happens, because right now, mate, if you have a drama, you're on the phone to them, you certainly can't say, oh, fine, I'm going to leave then because you're not. You're not even half prepared to. 
So no, no, it's the thought process of the initial stages of checking what's out there and moving, and then that thing will hang on. I've got everything in this basket. What's yeah. the point? And and I, I as I say, I I I'd be happy with you being a Telstra customer, NBN, mobile, everything, but mm. but live in an open ecosystem where you have the flexibility. So if yeah. a better offer comes along or, um, you know, some sort of bundle deal with other family members, who knows what's going to happen, right? Yeah. It gives you that flexibility. Plus, you know, being linked to one carrier for multiple things, you know, it used to just feel good because we bundled. But yeah. frankly, you know, you could be paying way – most people – and I say this without any research, but I'm pretty darn confident most people could save hundreds of dollars a year just by changing telcos, mobile phone telcos, because yes. we're all just locked in, wedded. So I don't want you to talk about telcos. I don't want you to talk about NBN. I just want you to work on bit by bit and think about it this way. Email mm. is going to be the biggest challenge. So I'd start yep. it early. I would start it early and I'd do it really well. I'd, I'd do it so that you're not just getting a Gmail account. Look at that. Set up a domain name in your name. You know, I've got... Oh, okay, yes, yes. I've got trevorlong.com. So my email address is, is in, includes my name. Um, <laughs> you know, my, my wife... Not uh, one that you'd forget. <laughs> no. Um, we, I have a good friend uh, in Melbourne who owns long.com.au. So we're lucky enough to be able to utilise that as our, as our front end. That's the thing that people see. But the back yeah. end that I use is just Gmail. So do it do it thoroughly. Don't just set up a, a, a mat at Gmail. Mm. Use Gmail and use Gmail to add on the bits that give you a domain name and, and beautiful branding around that, just personal branding. And then yep. you then you then once you do that, you can start telling people that you've changed email address. And yes. every every time you get an email on your big pond, you say to yourself, is this someone I need to know because it's just spam? No. Or is it someone I need to let them know? Then you let them know. Um, yes. And that's that can take six, 12 months, but you're, not, you're in no rush because you're not leaving. No, that's Telstra. correct. No, I am a little bit, you know, I, I'm not looking at saving a dollar here and there, but it's all about, uh, I guess, looking for the, the better thing for the family. I do have young kids. Um, they're coming on to getting phones and email addresses, so I thought I'd start to look at that. And I think what you're suggesting is something that is probably uh, a long burn for me, which is exactly where I am Perfect. in my life. It's something I don't need to do it straight away. So I yeah. think you're on or something there. Take your time, do your email first, and then, then work on cloud um, file storage because, mate, you'll also find they're all better. Yeah. Yeah, Dropbox and Google Drive are better ways to store files. The, the apps are better on your phone. Uh, Gmail is a better email system, full stop every day of the week. So okay. it's just, it's going to be better. Awesome. And the, the last thing I'd say to you, because I know your last name, your last name.com.au is available. Wow, okay. So think about you, your wife, the kids. Yeah, yeah. You know, pretty cool to have Matt at your last name.com.au. Same yep. for your kids and everything like that. Very good. I might uh, look into that uh, this week. Thank you. All right, buddy. Good on you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for getting in touch. Cheers, mate. Apple's Worldwide Developer Conference is next week. I feel very weird because I don't have a flight booked for the first time in years. Um, This time of year, I would normally be getting on a plane soon, or I would have been because the Dub Dub's normally a bit early in this, but with Dub Dub a week away, I'm no no nearer to getting on a plane. Strange times we live in, and I think my family's good about it. <laughs> I think they'd prefer I was here. I'm not quite sure. Um, 
But anyway, Dub Dub is on a Tuesday next week. Um, I'll have full details with Stephen Fennick on Two Blokes Talking Tech about what we're expecting from WWDC. But most importantly, iOS 14 will be announced and there'll be a bunch of new features. So we'll talk about those on next week's show. Um, if you've got a question about what's going to happen or you've got thoughts about what's going to happen, send me an email, get in touch, eftm.com, click on Ask Trev. Always happy to, to hear from you. And if you're on Twitter, hit me up, at Trevor Long. Uh, EFTM is at EFTM. Um, EFTM is also on Instagram. So am I. But I'm at Trevor Long AU on Instagram. We won't talk about that. Not at all. I'm not bitter. Uh, and of course, follow us on Facebook, uh, facebook.com forward slash EFTM online. If you go to the website, EFTM.com, and you see the man cave pop up, click it. Every now and then I send an email, say day, and, you know, whatnot. So I'm uh, happy to have you as part of that as well. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>